I'd like to welcome you to our service. If you'd like to find your place in Psalms 122. Psalms 122, and I'm preaching on the subject of what you miss when you miss church. And, and this is really a, a message for all those who have already trusted Christ as their Savior and are members of a local New Testament Bible-believing church. Amen. I trust it's an independent, fundamental Baptist church. And, uh, but it's for members. It's for our members and for our folks. And it's also for those that are saved, but they're not a member. And uh, so we're going to address certain things and just understand when, people, when you miss church, you miss out on a lot. And there's some folks that are here every time the doors are open. There's some that cannot be here every time the doors are open. I understand there's health conditions, health reasons. But for those that, that really don't have uh, a reason, now, there's plenty of people with excuses. Now, excuses is nothing but a lie. But a reason, and I, it, it, you know, it should be a good Bible-backed reason why they're not in church and why they don't attend church regularly, why they're not a member of a good local independent Baptist church, a fundamental Baptist church, King James Bible, and you just miss out on some things. And, and it's not just what you miss out on, it's what you miss out on doing for others as well. And we're all important, and we have need one of another. And uh, Psalms 122, I trust you found your place there. It says, And I was glad when they said unto me, and that's 122 verse 1, Let us go into the house of the Lord. And what you miss when you miss church, number one, you miss the encouragement of others. And did you notice in the verse when it says, I was glad when they... He's talking about others there. What they said unto me, okay, that's them encouraging him, the psalmist David, let us, okay, that's us go into the house of the Lord. He didn't say you go. You go to church. No, they said let us go. See, you can't invite somebody to church unless you're planning on being there yourself and, and going yourself. And I tell you, it brings me gladness when I invite somebody to church. I mean, I enjoy inviting folks to church. I love giving out the gospel even more than that. But as I give out the gospel and I invite folks to come to church, hey, it gives me gladness because I know what can happen at church. I've been in a church service or two and I know what can happen and I know what God can do through the preaching of his word and, and when that word of God is open, it's powerful. I'm telling you, it's powerful and it's alive as well and it can help us. And uh, hey, I, I'm glad when I go to church. Uh, I, I, I rejoice in going to church because uh, it's in church that I heard about Jesus. Uh, hey, it was in church that I learned the hymns of the faith. And it was in church uh, that, that I was baptized. I was saved at home. Uh, I was saved uh, by my bedside and I called on the Lord there and asked Jesus to save me. But I was baptized at church and I joined the church. I was glad for the day that I became a part of the family of God, but I also was glad the day that I became part of a local church. And I'm glad to be able to give of my time, my talents, and my treasures to the Lord through 
the local church. And I, I've heard people talk about and say things like, well, I'm a part of that universal church. And, 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 and anyone that's saved is part of the body of Christ. There's no doubt about it. And, and you don't have to be baptized to be part of the body of Christ. That thief on the cross didn't get baptized. But today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And, and, and all born again believers make up the body. But not every member of that body is a member of a local church. And, and by the way, Jesus started the local church. In Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I, who's speaking, Jesus, will build whose church? His church, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you know, when Jesus wrote to the seven churches in Revelations, those letters were written to individual churches. In Acts 11.22, it wasn't some universal church, it was specific churches. In Acts 11 and verse 22, it says, Then tidings of these came, these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. Uh, that's a local, visible New Testament church. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. And then if you skip down in Acts 11 to verse 26, it says, And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church there in Antioch and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. A local church is made up of born-again believers who are baptized by immersion. In Acts 2.41 it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Added to what? They were already part of the body of Christ, but they were added to that local church. In Acts 2.47 it says, Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be Say, these folks were added to a local church. If someone tells me they're part of the universal church, uh, then they don't need Psalms 122.1. They, 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 they can take that out of the Bible. They, they don't need that. Because <laughs> see, where are you going to tithe? You know, if you're part of that universal church... You know, and in Psalms 122, 1, it says, These folks went to a designated place to worship the Lord together. They encouraged themselves together, and others joined in. See, you can't teach those who are saved and baptized to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you without being part of a local New Testament Bible-believing church. Uh, when, when my family and I go on vacation, uh, the first thing that we, we, we look at is where are we going to church? And we're going to find an independent, fundamental Baptist church to attend uh, on Wednesday night. And, and we have visitors here in Myrtle Beach, been a resort town, a vacation town. And, we have vi and they do the same thing. And we, we appreciate them being with us. And, and uh, you know, but we look for somewhere to go that's like-minded, of like faith, holds to the same beliefs that we do, same Bible. 
and, and all these things and somewhere that we can go and worship the Lord while we're on vacation. And uh, I always carry cash with me when I go. Why? Because I want to be able to give when I go to church. I want to be able to participate in the offering of the church where we attend. Now, I don't tithe there because I'm not a member there. But I can give of an offering. I want to be available to the Lord to be able to give where I'm at. And uh, I tell you, how can I worship the Lord if it don't cost me something? You know, if I don't put in something myself and if I don't get involved in the worship and giving's part of the worship... We got a lot of visitors who visit with us on vacation, and I'd never ask our visitors to give. I wouldn't do that, but many do, and we thank God for that. But but for me, I I just have that conviction that I ought to participate in any way I can in the service. And I'm going to sing. They say, open your hymn book and turn to page so-and-so and let's sing. Man, I'm going to sing out for the Lord and, and I'm going to pray and I, I want to be able to give. And that's all that's part of worship. And I want to be able to listen to the preaching and make myself available to get something from the Word of God. And, and, uh, and many times when we go on vacation, my wife and my daughter will be asked to sing and my daughter will be asked to play the piano. My wife will be asked to sing and and they gladly do it. We go prepared. We don't look for opportunities, but if, if somebody walks out, hey, y'all sing? I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say yes. We do. We're glad to. And how I many you want them to sing? And, and they go prepared. They go ready. They plan. When they go on vacation, like we plan to, we prepare our, our clothes and our meals and, and all everything that we, the supplies we need for vacation. Songs go with us. Hymns go and, and, and specials go with us. And, and they're planned and prepared beforehand so that we can be ready and available if God would so choose to use us. And, and sometimes I'll be called upon to preach. And I mean, I'm always ready. I, I bring a message with me that God's put on my heart. And you just never know. You walk in and somebody say, brother, you, you going to preach for us tonight? And I'm going to say, yes, of course. And uh, I said, thank you for the opportunity. And I want to honor my Lord. I want to be ready to serve at any given time. And, and I always take tracks with me on vacation. Why? Because I want to be a witness wherever I go. People need the Lord. And just because you're on vacation, you're not on vacation from being a Christian and represent the Lord. And sometimes I'm asked to give a testimony or pray, and I, I gladly do that. I gladly do those things. And, and uh, we have people that live here locally and they, they have a house here, they have a house somewhere else, so they visit here, they come to this church when they're here, they go to their other church when they're, they're back there and we thank God that they're here with us and they come, they come on Sunday mornings and, and other times and then we have snowbirds and for those of you around the world that may be tuning in, that's, that's people from up north of a part of America that come down south during the winter and uh, we thank God for them and they're faithful to attend here and, and, and they're not members here but I, I tell you they give and, and they pray for us and they get, they get involved in what we're doing here and I, I say thank you because God is using you. You know, I, personally, I don't seek for opportunities to preach outside of this pulpit. I, I don't look for that. But I get emails and I get phone calls from pastors 
who they're coming this way on vacation, people I don't even know, and they're asking for a place to preach, and they're asking for a place to do something, and most of the time I don't respond to those calls, I don't respond to those emails uh, unless they become persistent, and then I just respond, no thank you. And uh, uh, there's a pastor that I respect a lot, and he's a pastor of a good church, and but, but God has really opened up a door of opportunity for him to preach around the country throughout the week and he's at his church there on Sunday and anytime they, he's there but he preaches out a lot and, and I think it's needful that that man's got a message and God's got his hand on him and God's using him to stir folks up and stir Christians up to, to live for him and but I like what he said one time he, he, he was talking to, to a, a preacher and, and also evangelist and he said look he said uh, you don't have to seek out opportunities to preach He said, God's got your number. And if he's got need of you, he'll call you. And uh, he said, preach where God puts you and wherever he calls you. And, and I, I told the Lord when I, when I came here, I said, Lord, I'm not, going, I'm not looking to be nowhere but right here. But, but Lord, if you have need of me, then I'll answer that call. Any time, in any place, if, if it's physically able to do it, you know, and and because uh, that way I know it's the Lord calling and needs me here to preach or there to preach, and He's got a message He wants me to give to those folks, and I, I'm available to Him. But this is where I preach, and the only place I look to preach is right here, and uh, and, and if I wasn't here, I'd miss out on that. And uh, but number one, when you miss church you miss out on the encouragement you get from other believers. But number two, the second thing that you miss out on is the encouragement that you yourself would give to others. And that's important as well. You know, yeah, you're going to miss the encouragement from the other folks, but you're going to miss being an encouragement as well. You know, our bus workers, they go out every Saturday and they invite children and adults and moms and dads to, to ride the bus and the, or the van and come, come to the one thirty service on Sunday afternoons. And, and, and when the children say yes or when they sign up a new rider, I tell you, it encourages that bus worker, you know. And, and on Sunday, uh, uh, that bus worker, when they go swing by there and they're, they're about ready to pick up that child, their hearts start beating a little bit faster. They're, they're looking for that child child or that family to to get on the bus and come to church. But sometimes those children don't show. And and, and you know what happens at that point, and and it's for various reasons, I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm just saying, but they miss out on an opportunity to encourage that bus worker. Last week, uh, one of the places that we go, and we normally pick up eight to ten riders there on, on the van route, and and uh, that when the bus worker met with them on Saturday, everyone said, yes, we're going, we're going, we're ready to go to church, excited about it. But then on Sunday when the van pulled up to pick them up, uh, they, just, they, they all said, we're not coming. Well, what happened? That the hope and the gladness <laughs> that that one worker had for inviting, that, uh, inviting these folks to come and wanting them to be in church understanding the fact that being in church was the right place for them to be, it left that worker feeling sad because they understood the importance of being in church and they understood what that child was missing out on. 
not only the encouragement they would receive, but the encouragement that they would give others as well. And it saddens a worker instead of bringing them gladness. You know, a pastor feels the same way when he knows that certain members ought to be in church. I mean, I'm talking about folks that aren't sick or they don't have a, a good reason for, for not being there. They're not on vacation, but they just simply choose, I, I'm not coming. And that saddens a pastor, and not just a pastor, but those that are in the pews as well because they're looking for that person. They're asking after that person. Well, no, no, they're not okay. Well, they miss out though. They miss out. By not coming, they miss out on being an encouragement to others. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. See, you cannot be exhorted or exhort somebody else if you're not in your place. That word exhort just simply means to encourage. When a member does not come and is not involved in church like they should be, then it diminishes the overall gladness of that church. It also diminishes the church effectiveness. I mean, understand, I just use a, an illustration. You know, we're part, we're part of a body and we're, we're all important, you know. And our, our, the features of our body, everything from my head to my toe is important. I have need of everything between here and the sole of my feet. I have need of and it helps me function. But, but if my arm was tied behind my back, I'm going to be limited as to what I can do. And it's going to limit the whole body. And, and, and that's what happens when someone's not here. I, I'm telling you, it's going to put a damper on the service and it also puts a damper on the effectiveness of the body. Here, here, here's another aspect of not assembling ourselves as we should. Not only do you miss being encouraged, you miss out on encouraging others, but how are you going to show that you love the brethren if you're not around to do it. And turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. A benchmark of Christianity is our love for the brethren. Uh, and, and how can anybody say they love Christ and not show up where Christ meets with his people and where their brothers and sisters gather together to worship the Lord? I mean, how can they say they love Christ? Because Christ loves the church. And if we can't show up at the church where Christ meets with people, where we meet with our brothers, then there's something obviously that this, that's not right. In 1 John 3, 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives ooh, for the brethren. It's not about me. I'm here for the brethren. Now, I'm here to worship. I'm here to be in my place. I'm here to do my part. But I'm also here because it's important for me to be here 
and I'm here for the brethren. Verse 23, it says, And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. God commanded us to love the brethren. And when you're saved, the difference that God loved, God's love made in your life is going to be reflected in your love for the Lord and your love for the brethren. It's going to show. A pastor that was visiting with us, Pastor Jones and from Charlottesville, Virginia, I think it's Faith Baptist Church, and he was visiting with us this past Wednesday night, and, and he gave a testimony there as he opened up in prayer for us, and he said, you can't just love someone or say you love them, but not show them that you love them. You see, God didn't just say, I love the world or I love the world so he didn't just say that now he loved the world so much that he gave he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life well let's close with Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 Titus 3 and verse 8, it says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Because of God's love and the difference that God's love has made in our hearts, and there ought to be some evidence of that life, some Bible evidence not what we think, but what God says ought to be there. It's so important. And we're going to have to be careful, the Bible says, to maintain good How can you maintain good works if you don't show up? You can't do it. We're not working to get saved. We're not working to keep ourselves saved. No, God takes care of, of all that. He, he's the one that keeps us saved, all right? You're, you're eternally secure in Jesus Christ. But because we're saved, uh, there ought to be some evidence of salvation in our life. And that translates by what we do through our local church. What do we think of the church that Jesus died for? Do you tithe? Do you give offerings? Do you give to missions? Do you support the work of God with your time and your talents and your treasures? God, God said that, that we ought to be careful to maintain good works. Why? Because it's good and profitable unto men. Everything that Jesus did was good and profitable for you and me. Going to church and getting involved is profitable to the church. It's profitable to the Lord's work. It's profitable to our community. Do, do you know why America ha has gone downhill so fast in the past few years? I mean, it seems like, I mean, we're in a tailspin and, and we're, we're just, we're in a spiral there going downward and it, and it seems like the past few years it's just, just kind of come on us real quick here, but can I just say, it's not because of COVID. It's not, it, it, it's how churches and Christians responded to COVID. There's a lukewarmness now among Christians for the things of God and We've become more self-centered than we've ever been before uh, of just thinking of ourselves and taking care of ourselves instead of being involved in what God wants us to be involved in. 
Well, we're living in the last days and that Laodicean mentality is alive and well. Churches are closing their doors at a faster rate than ever before. Hey, there's less church attendance than ever before in our nation and churches are only having one service per week and they used to be open twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday night but now they're struggling to even get people to come in once a week. Can I just ask you, does the difference that God's love made in your life reflect in your involvement in what God says ought to be taking place in your life? I want to remind you, Jesus is coming again. Matter of fact, he's coming back real soon. And we're going to have to give an account for all these things that was mentioned right here and a lot more. But what are you going to have to show for, your great love, for his great love toward you? Do you love God's work? Do you love the church? Are you encouraging others to attend? Do you attend faithfully? Do you love the brethren? I mean, are you involved? I mean, you can't say you love God and not be involved. You can't say you love Jesus and not keep his commandments. And one of those commandments is to love the brethren. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What you miss when you miss church, you miss out on being an encourager. You, you miss out on being encouraged and you miss out on the gladness of being a witness, a testimony to the great love of God. You miss out on praising Him. You miss out on being thankful to Him. You, you miss out on that unity and that fellowship that you ought to have. You miss out on heavenly rewards. Uh, you miss out on giving of your time and talents and treasures to the Lord, uh, making yourself available to, to be used uh, of the Lord. Uh, hey, you, you miss out on uniting together in prayer for specific subjects here and for one another. You miss out on opportunities to get involved and do more. You miss out on being part of the good works uh, that God wants us to maintain. Oh, can I just say today, I, I know this was mainly for safe folks, but if you're here today and you're lost, if you're under the sound of my voice, can I just say that God, that same God that I've been talking about, that, about what He expects of those that have called on, He loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. He took His place, took your place on the cross. He was buried. He died. He was buried. He rose again for your justification. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life.